Some with a steely resolve that covers up the wounding, but keeps even the closest friend out. Some with food or other sensory addictions. Some by keeping so busy they don't have time to really know themselves at all. Others simply live in denial. Danny, the man I loved more than my own life, believed our thoughts and emotions aren't really us at all. We are consciousness separate from thoughts, beliefs, and emotions, temporarily cohabitating with them until the day we die. In reality, we are love and can best find God's love when we are still and aware in the present, beyond thought and emotion. But then, Danny was a priest. Breathe, Renee, he often said. Let it all go. Live in the present, not in fear of the future, which is only an illusion. Easier said than done. I tried, trust me, but for the most part, I was bound to maintain a semblance of peace by keeping my world straight. For me, that had somehow translated into starting every day with a breakfast of one hard-boiled egg, half of a grapefruit with a light sprinkling of sugar, and a single glass of orange juice. Dressed in yellow checkered short flannel pajama bottoms and a matching top, I stood in the middle of my two-bedroom condo kitchen on Long Beach's north side, staring at the refrigerator, thinking that I should really get a life and eat something other than my habitual breakfast. The refrigerator was white, as were the toaster, the GE electric can opener, the wooden paper towel holder, the Black & Decker coffee machine, the dishwasher, and the stovetop, all as spotless, gleaming, and shiny as the polished chrome faucet. I stepped up and pulled open the refrigerator. Eggs, two dozen, stacked in two clear plastic trays on the right, flush with the forward edge of the glass shelf. Orange juice one half-empty clear plastic container beside the eggs. Grapefruits, three in a wooden bowl below. There was more in there. Zico coconut water, cheese, butter, tomatoes, the usual stuff any vegetarian might keep, each item neatly in its place. But all I could really see were the eggs, the grapefruit, and the OJ. These observations were more subconscious than conscious, I suppose. Most people have similar kinds of thoughts. They just don't identify and order them the way some of us tend to. It took me seven minutes to boil the egg, cut the grapefruit, and pour the orange juice into a tall, narrow glass. Then another three minutes to wash and dry the boiling pot, clean the serrated knife, wipe down and shine the counter, the sink, and the faucet. I called it my ten-minute breakfast prep. Satisfied, I slid onto the high-backed bar stool at the white-tiled breakfast bar, crossed one leg over the other, and ate my breakfast as I always did, beginning with a sip of orange juice followed by a bite of egg. My therapist, Laura Ashburn, claimed that I had at least borderline obsessive-compulsive disorder, characterized by persisting thoughts and impulses that caused severe anxiety, despite the realization that those thoughts were irrational. Evidently, these thoughts translate into worries about cleanliness and order, among other things. I followed her advice and tried Zoloft, then Prozac, but neither helped much and both gave me a case of nightly sweats. They say the average mattress is home to entire colonies of microscopic, squirming mites that if not routinely eradicated, quickly multiply to half the weight of the mattress. Give them a nightly diet of sweat, 
and you'll soon be sleeping on a swarm of mites who might prefer you to the mattress. Worse, the Prozac leaking out of your pores as you sleep doesn't calm down mites the way it soothes humans. It turns them into vicious little mutants that grow into rat-sized fiends with a taste for flesh. This theory grown from my overactive imagination wasn't based on any actual research, naturally. And I didn't really believe it, but it kept me seeking alternative solutions. Danny would say those fears weren't the real me, no more than the anxiety was. Truthfully, I'm quite normal. My mother and father divorced when I was a teenager, at which time my father vanished from my life. I left Atlanta at age 20 after my mother was killed in a car crash, and I made my way to California with $15,000 of a life insurance payout in my pocket, determined to begin a new life in the world of cosmetics.